I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds to rate, comment, all greatly appreciate it. So yes, we are discussing Anatomy of a Scandal. Um, I would say this, this is normally not the um, content that we normally discuss on this podcast. It's usually like teeny actiony um we do drama but it's never like the subject is never around rape because i feel like it's a very 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 touchy subject to discuss and we have been in the me too era kind of like i don't know if there's like an end of the me too era because like how do you end people coming out and telling what has been done to them but essentially that's kind of what this show is based around. I have a few things I want to talk about. We're not going to belabor too long, but before we get into it, I have to give my warnings. It is just me. This is a solo hosted show. <laughs> so I may repeat myself. I may like go off subject a little bit, but like, you know, I always find my, my way back. And yeah, if that's not your style of podcast, feel free to end right here and check out another podcast. <laughs> which may be better suited for how you like to listen to podcasts. Um, There will be spoilers because like, duh. And this will be like a typical recap podcast. Like I just talk about the things from the show that I want to talk about. So yes, let's get into it. Anatomy of a Scandal. This is on Netflix. This was posed as a limited series. um, But after doing some digging, it was pitched as an anthology series so we don't have a season two announcement yet but essentially if there was to be a season two the story that we saw in this first season is essentially over and we're to assume the next season would be around a different scandal and potentially still involve um I'm about to call her Holly Berry because that's the only thing I can think of Kate Woodcroft because you know she's like a lawyer and so that makes sense also, this is like an American podcast, so <laughs> you guys know, if you've listened for a while, you know that I talk about a lot of um, like UK, England-based shows, or like shows just not based in America, and I usually like am not well-versed in the history of those places, or like the processes and all of that, and so I will get things um, wrong, especially when it comes to like court dramas and stuff like that, because while there are some similarities to like American courts, there are some very huge differences. And so we're not even going to touch on that, but just putting that out there. So yeah, so anatomy of on a scandal. So going into this, I had no clue this was even dropping. (laughs) I literally was like, I need something to watch. All of my weekly shows have now ended. And I don't have anything to watch. And I was like, oh, let's check on Netflix. Mind you, I was just like sitting on the couch talking to myself. And I was like, I feel like Netflix has been slipping with the content. I could have swore when we came into the year, they were like all these, these big trailers of all the content to come this year. And I was like, did that all happen in like the first three months of the year or like first two months? Um, because I don't know. I just feel like last year. Or even like previous years, it just, it just seemed like there was more fresh content and more content, I guess I will say, because I, I know they're dropping things, but I guess more content that I'm interested in watching. And I just feel like I'm seeing a lot of reality shows, a lot of like dating 
shows and stuff like that, which you guys know that's not my thing. So I was like, oh, let's check Netflix and see. All I saw was a title, Anatomy on a Scandal. And I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. So watch the trailer. I was like, okay, court drama. I can get into it. You know, I love me a court drama. And then I was like, clearly the husband is being accused of something. Don't know what he's being accused of, but like, I can get into it. Up is only six episodes, but you guys know I love me a short season of TV. So I was like, triple check, let's watch it. Literally watched it in one sitting because it was like six episodes, like I said. <laughs> and I had a lot of issues with this show, like at least in the beginning. Because the first episode, not going to lie, um, was like, uh, I don't know. From as soon as that first episode started, which if you, in hindsight, if you take that first episode, especially the beginning, it's like it doesn't really fit in with... <laughs> essentially the how the theme or the flow of the show went but they came in super strong with super loud heavy music I was like oh my gosh this does not make sense um but essentially come to find out so we have James Whitehouse who's played by Rupert Friend Sophie Whitehouse who's played by Sienna Miller Kate Woodcroft who's played by Michelle Dockery and Olivia Litton, who's played by Naomi Scott. So, essentially, this year, a uh, case of, as I was calling Rupert James, <laughs> was having an affair because, like, duh. And then he essentially breaks things off. But the woman who he's having an affair with essentially ends up going to the police and filing a report of rape because she is claiming that he raped her at their place of work. We're not even going to get into the fact that all this stuff was going on at work. Also, I was like, when, before it even got out, and when um, the guy who's like the campaign director of his friend, Chris Clark, who's like a character, but when he shows up, and he's like, oh, um, this is about to break or whatever. And she finds out, like, Sophie finds out what it is. Y'all know me. Immediately, I'm like, okay, that means it's time to leave. <laughs> like, I don't know. My whole thing is, yeah, you can make the case that there are there are people, not even just women, but people out there who will false claim that someone raped them especially if they're like high profile and there's money involved but I feel like that's a very very like if you were to put them all which we don't even know them all but like if you were put all the ones that of the all of the cases that we know of out there I feel like that's a small percentage compared to the large percentage of um accusations that are true and then even the accusations that haven't even been um like submitted or no one's filed like oh my gosh I can't I don't know I can't think of the word no one's filed uh not a suit or like no one's <laughs> alleged or not alleged I don't know you guys know what I'm saying I don't know why I can't think of the word but um so not even counting all of those 
I just feel like the amount of false accusations is a small percentage compared to the whole. It's just that we always hear more about the false accusations compared to the true accusations, which is why I think there's like, among many other things, but one of the reasons why um, I think historically it's been hard for people who have been assaulted to come forward because then there's this fear that no one will believe them. My thing is, you don't, you, you know the saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. It's fool me once, that's it. <laughs> like, there is no, no second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, like, I don't care. And you can generally tell by the pattern of someone's behavior if they are like, if what someone is saying about that person is true. Granted, there's the whole like innocent until proven guilty aspect of things because like that's what uh, the justice justice system is for. But, and I always say this, and I always say like, I don't know, I can say this now, but I don't know what I would do in the actual moment, but I'm pretty sure in the actual moment, like there's just no way. In the actual moment, if I'm in Sophie's position and some woman is coming saying like accusing, there we go, that's the word that I was looking for, is accusing my husband of raping them. Oh, also come to find out he was having a a relationship with her therefore he was cheating on me with her and it's just like as as a show goes on it's just so many different layers of lies that are revealed and I don't do pathological liars like at all I can catch on real quick <laughs> and figure out if you're a pathological liar so when she when he came and was like oh this is about to come out and uh what's his name I already forgot his name a Chris Clark is like, is there anything else we need to know? And as soon as he said no, that's what should have been her clue to be like, oh my gosh, there's more. And he's not even, it was just like she was so oblivious. So the for her to be so oblivious in the beginning, all the way up through to how it turns out in the end, is just to me is not realistic. <laughs> So I had trouble with Sophie. And then she just seemed like she just was like, oh, I can't remember what happened when we were in uni. Because I believe that's what they call it. When we were in uni and like we were in the Libertines. And I just can't remember that night. And then, oh, do you remember my friend Holly Berry? <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh. I was like, this is insane. I literally cannot. But there were also... Just putting that on a shelf for a minute. There were some lines in this show where I was just like, oh my gosh. Mind you, this is based off of an actual book, which I was just looking at it because I wanted to see. And it's based on a book by, oh, because I'm looking at the wrong thing. So it was directed by, or like produced by, David E. Kelly, which I've seen a, a quite a few of his shows, so like kind of understand what his pattern is. But this is based on the novel by Sarah Vaughn, 
which is of the same name. Didn't read the book. Don't have an interest to read the book. That's not my type of book to read, to be completely honest. But <laughs> no interest in reading the book. But, like, there were just some problematic things. Um, one of the things that... I don't know why I want to call him John. What's this man named? James. <laughs> one of the things that James said in, like, episode one, like, five months later, as things are about to head to court... And he says to um, Sophie, like, the certainty that you're the person I want to die with. You're the person I want to die for. Uh, <laughs> you should have thought about that before you cheated on her with your subordinate one. Episode two, when the girl, um, Maggie, who worked for Kate, there, I think they're in a the car. And she says, he looks like a rapist because he's too handsome. <laughs> what? It's like, who says that? That doesn't even make sense. I've heard some some phrases about like, oh, they look like this because of this. But he looks like a rapist because he's too handsome. Insanity. <laughs> so um, those are like a couple of things that stood out to me where I was just like, who's writing this? And like, are we not being like, mm? <laughs> This doesn't sound right. So anyway, so this entire time, like we keep flashing back to when they're in uni and the Libertine Party and all this stuff. So like clearly something happens there that we're supposed to be aware of. Mind you, there's a scene in episode two where there's a girl who comes into the room and this is like foreshadowing now looking back on it. But she comes into the room. All the guys are like super, super drunk. Except for James. He doesn't seem to be that drunk. And uh, his friend. What was his friend's name? Was it John? The guy who's like the prime minister. It's not Mark Frisk. Who is Mark Frisk? Okay, I'm going to find his name. But essentially, <laughs> when um, he's like, comes into, or they're in there, and the girl, like, it looks like she's a waitressing or something, which I couldn't tell, like, where they were at uh, for this party. But, like, she comes to the room, and, like, he, like, grabs her and, like, fills up on her. Like, to me, I was like, okay. So, he's being accused of rape in the present. Did someone rape... <laughs> someone at uni initially I'm thinking it's a friend but come to find out no they actually are covering up a death that happened because he sold the guy who like jumped off the building he sold him drugs but also encouraged him to jump off of the building which is like insane I'm like I've been to some wild parties like I just watch these shows and stuff and I'm just like I've been to some wild parties but some of this stuff I have never <laughs> experienced and it is insane tom that's his name um it is insane the like amount of insanity that they want to portray as happening <laughs> and i mean i guess they happen in real life but it's still it's still like oh my gosh so kind of find out that that's really what they were hiding and why tom and james have remained friends over this time I mean like when something dramatic like that happens you do tend to like bond with people um 
and like form a relationship that's usually hard to dismantle, which is what, why do I keep forgetting his name? Clark. I know that's his last name, <laughs> which is where Chris Clark was like, why are you like, you need to cut ties with them. You need to go in the press and be like, well, we don't condone, don't, not supporting, but he just wouldn't. And to me, if there is a relationship like that, then that means that something traumatic happened at some point and y'all are covering something up. <laughs> like point blank period. So um, I think the interesting thing, at least about the best scenes hand down were the courtroom scenes. And it was a lot of like play with the scenes and like the flashbacks and stuff like that because we'll be in a courtroom and then we'll be in the scene that they're talking about then we'll be back in the courtroom so it's a lot of like whiplash and you're trying to like keep all which I which is I'm assuming done purposely to like keep us on our toes and not really clear on the timelines of everything because everything just seems like it's melt is meshing together <laughs> especially the stuff that's happening like in the near past and not necessarily the stuff that happened at uni because like in the near past when we're seeing the scenes between um James and Olivia like that was just a few months ago so of course they look the same it's not different actors um but anyway so <laughs> I think it was interesting so like that whole scene in, in at the party was at least a foreshadowing that some that a rape did occur that night. Come to find out it was James. He ended up raping Holly Berry, who comes to find out is Kate Woodcroft. When I say this is not a show that's trying to hide the mystery, like maybe they were trying to, but it was pretty obvious watching this, what was going on. Because the way that Kate was acting, first of all, was just over the top. Like, why did she take this case to begin with? And she seemed like super gung-ho on trying him, even though everyone was like, uh, you don't really have a case here. It's really hard to like convict them. You're talking about two people who were in a consensual relationship and then it ended. And now the woman is saying they like, on the surface, those are hard things. Like rape cases in general, I, I believe are hard to, um, like try in the court of law because you just need unless you have evidence like you got a rape kit done or something like that that can be like oh this person was raped if you like wait a period of time after the rape occurred then it's oftentimes harder to prove even though it's true it is harder to prove um that the rape occurred because there just isn't a lot of substantial evidence unless they're like witness testimony or something like that so in general, and this is just me generalizing, I think coming in rape cases have like a hurdle that they have to get over um, when it comes to proving that that person committed that crime if there's not a lot of physical evidence to help with the case. That being said, the fact that Kate was like super gung-ho on trying to convict him. She was looking like shaking and like there was the one scene when he got so right after actually I don't know what episode because these episodes didn't have name titles. And I don't know if I wrote it down. 
but um oh there's a couple more things I want to talk about oh we got we got a, we actually have a few things to talk about so <laughs> I'm just referencing my notes so there was a scene after he got up there and gave his testimony and he came down and he like just is walking um back to the little podium area that he has to stand in and he like looks at her and she's just so shook and like oh my gosh and so I'm just like but I was like, OMG, is Kate Holly? Because like, this was around like episode three and episode four. I was just like, oh my gosh, this these are giving me all the signs that Kate is Holly. And then at that point, if you listen for a while, I do not like convoluted storylines. That's when it started to lose me because I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so convoluted. This doesn't even make sense. It's not even ethical. Like, when we started to get to the point of, like, people doing unethical things or being, like, hypocrites, then that's where you lose me. So then when I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Kate Holly, I was like, now she's coming off as a, a hypocrite because she's trying to convict him in the court of law for this rape. Granted, he did the rape, but, like, also, you're unethically trying him in this case, which is a, which is a conflict of interest. So... That's where my head was going once I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is Holly. And also, it's so, and then I was like, Sophie girl, weren't y'all like friends or something? You don't recognize her? Like, doesn't even make sense to me at all. But Sophie was just in her own little world of just being lost <laughs> this entire season. Just straight up lost. Didn't even make sense. But anyway, um, when we're first introduced to Olivia, I don't know if they did this on purpose. I'm assuming that they did. It was really hard, even though you're like nine, to, nine times out of 10, what she's saying is true. It was really hard to root for her because the way that they were introduced to her as she's giving her testimony and it felt like she was playing to the jury in the beginning of her testimony, like she was looking, she kept looking to the jury to like gauge how they're reacting. And then it felt like she was reacting to how they were reacting. So for me personally, it was like, yes, he probably did rape her. Um, and he should be convicted of that. But also they're not really setting her up to be a likable character in a way and I don't know if that was done intentionally and then we get introduced to her friend who's also not a likable character and you find out that she was just like uh, first she looked down on her friend for being in a relationship with him which is like duh why are you in a relationship with a married person like no don't do that I have strong feelings on that I've talked about it before if you don't want to be with somebody anymore get a divorce like <laughs> It's not that hard. Get a divorce. Um, but you kind of find out she was the one who didn't even approve of the relationship. But it was just like the way that she was on stand, I was like, she's not likable either. Like they really, it felt like made the woman unlikable in the show. And it was so unfortunate. Like I can't think of one, or the characters in general, but I can't think of one character where I was like, oh, I'm rooting for them. Or I want them to win. Because they all were just like floundering. Hardcore for me. Um, let's see. 
Oh, the cross-examination, because you know, James walking around here like he lost and he don't remember Holly Berry, even though Sophie keep asking him, do you remember Holly Berry? She left abruptly um, because that's when they, after they found out that um, back when they were at uni, someone, there was like a, a teacher who came forward in the present or counselor or something and said that there was a student who had claimed that they had been raped and that it was by James. And so that starts like kicking up all these memories about uni for um, and the Libertine party for Sophie. And she's, oh, you don't, you don't remember my friend Holly Berry? And he's just like, I don't know why I'm doing her voice like that. <laughs> he's just like, no, no, I don't. And I'm just like, oh my God, she just looks like a liar. Like had Maggie said, he looks like a liar. Then I would be like, okay, that's, I can ride with that. But like, he looks like a rapist because he's too handsome. I just could not ride with that line. I was like, oh my gosh, who says that? <laughs> I like how we got back to that line, but anyway. And so, um, so then that starts kicking up into his mind. And then he has this whole, like, this is a, a story about privilege, um, white male privilege, privilege by status. So, like, where you are in the world, because clearly James and Sophie came from some type of money, <laughs> just based on, like, what they're seeing them in uni and seeing them in the present. And then seeing James' parents, especially his mother, which was unfortunate. It's just like, clearly she set him up to be the person that he is today and just condoned it and sees nothing wrong with it. And he can do no wrong. Um, but essentially, now he has Holly Berry in his mind. And so then we have the cross-examination. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Because now you're at the point where... Kate's already freaking out because she thinks that um, they know who she is, or at least Sophie knows who she is for real. And also she's about to confront her rapist, some this trauma that she's been living with for years now. And then you have James, who's just like lost in the sauce and <laughs> trying to figure out what is going on. And, for, and we're supposed to believe that he wasn't aware that he was out here raping people, but you know... I um I mean no so <laughs> so um you have a cross examination with him and then it was just like I like I think that was a great scene because you can see the realization of him realizing that she is really Holly in that moment and then now the back and forth has in the um the the relationship between them shifts the atmosphere or the um yeah I guess the atmosphere between them shifts and so now it's more of a it's a, more of a who's questioning who type of a scenario which I kind of liked because then it makes things a little more spicy and you're just like so are you gonna call her out <laughs> because like you're in the wrong but then she's also in the wrong granted she's a victim of his but she's also in the wrong because she shouldn't be prosecuting him and she can get the case thrown out so I don't know I guess it all works out because he ends up being found not guilty um but had he been found guilty then I think we probably would have seen um them be like oh but wait a minute she's really Holly Berry and even though they were like oh why would he come out and like then admit that 
he was in the scandal when he was at school. But then he was like, but I don't know. If I, if I, putting myself in, temporarily in those shoes and I was found guilty and I just for some reason believed that I was not guilty but I knew that this person was prosecuting me who should not have been then I don't know I was trying to find a way to get the, the case thrown out but I'm just speaking from another angle so moving on from that also can we just talk about how trash James is <laughs> like he is trash 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 Trash, 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 trash. Because he helps Tom cover up the murder. And then he runs into Holly in the hall, rapes her. Like, you just had this traumatic experience where you just saw a guy leap to his death. You left him in the middle of the street. You dropped your friend off at his dorm or whatever. You go back to, who I guess at that point they weren't, really in a relationship they were kind of like still not um what's the word <sighs> committed or I can't think of the word they weren't in a a, a committed one person relationship <laughs> and then you're going to see her you run into this girl and your first thought is like to just have sex with her like what that doesn't even correlate and then you go running to your girlfriend your girlfriend's room and like expect her to like essentially comfort you like there's just there's something wrong with you mentally if like those range of ranges of emotions don't even fit all together and it doesn't even make sense so whatever finally Sophie girl comes to her senses <laughs> And she confronts Kate and she is like, this is at the end after James is found not guilty. And she's like, I know he raped you and I know that he covered up this murder and when we were at, at uni and therefore I'm about to give you, I leaked it to the press and you now get to prosecute him and we all win. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I'm one of those people who I don't need a happy ending. <laughs> I would like justice to be served, but justice to be served in a way that makes sense and is not convoluted. This was very convoluted. <laughs> it did not make sense and it was very unrealistic. And then she departs with her line of Merry Christmas, Holly Berry. And it was just like, what the hell is going on? I don't even know anymore. This is over. It makes no sense. And so, yeah, I think the only other it was the only other things that I wanted to note on was the dog that they got. I feel like the dog helped us keep track of how much time was passing because I was just like, "What month are we in?" I don't even know because they got the puppy and it was a puppy, and then all of a sudden it was a grown ass dog. Like it seemed like a week later. So. And then by the time we got to the end of it, the dog was humongous. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I mean, I've had dogs. I don't know if they grow that big that fast. So there was that. Um, and then the only other takeaway that I had was this was giving unreliable narrator all the way through. It really was. I think it had to do with the many timelines. Um, the fact that 
there wasn't really like one person's memories that we were looking at. And so it was kind of like interwoven from all these different aspects of like the different players, POVs in like the past and the near past and the present. Um, and so it was just like really hard to follow in a way, but that's all I have. <laughs> Those are the only things I wanted to talk about for this show. It was definitely, definitely interesting. Again, has not been renewed for season two. It was pitched as a, an anthology series. So I don't know what the next one would be or the like next scandal could be, but I would prefer it not be another rape case. That's just me personally. <laughs> and that's just how I feel. Um, but yeah, that's all I have about Anatomy on a Scandal. I don't know what you guys thought about the show. Do you want to see a season two? If so, what would you want to see season two story be about? Let me know all the things and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Benji on Instagram and at Currently Benji on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.